There are two big lies that millions believe to be true. The first one is that everyone goes to heaven. The second lie is that death is the end. There is no judgment day, no afterlife, and once you are dead, you stay dead. Pastor Carter is certain that Jesus rose bodily from the dead and is alive today. Here to separate fact from fantasy is Pastor John Carter with today's teaching, Why I Believe in the Resurrection. Wayne, thank you very much. I'm so glad to have you with us today on this special broadcast around the world. I believe that the greatest authority in the whole of the universe, as far as truth is concerned, is right here. It is called the Bible. And so today, I don't want to try to give you just my ideas or my opinions, because my opinions don't really matter too much at all. But what is written in in the Word of God is of tremendous importance. As today, we talk about life after death. And uh, does everybody go to heaven? I'm going to read you a passage here out of Matthew chapter 28. I want you please to notice these inspired words. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, hey, this tells me, that the first day of the week is not the Sabbath. The seventh day is the Sabbath. And Jesus was raised from the dead on the first day of the week. And it says, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Now she was one of the great disciples of Christ. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. He's saying, I'm in charge here. I'm just going to sit down here because God Almighty has told me to sit here and nobody's going to move me off this spot. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like the dead men. Verse 5, but the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you seek, seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he is risen as he said. Come see the place where the Lord was placed, where the Lord was lying. See the place where the Lord was entombed. This is an amazing story because when they go to look at the tomb, they discover that the tomb is an empty tomb. I'm here today to tell you why I believe that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not a bit of traditional religious folklore. I believe it is based on history. I believe it is based on the evidence. In 1991, you visited the tomb of Lenin. What message did you bring to the people of Moscow? 
Yes, I had this tremendous privilege being there in Moscow when communism came tumbling down. Would you like to know why communism came tumbling down, my friend? It came tumbling down because it was founded on a dead man. Christianity is going to stand forever because it's not based upon a dead man. It is based upon an empty tomb because Jesus is alive. That is, my friend, an historical truth. It is not a basis of faith. It is on the basis of of historical evidence. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Lenin because I've seen him. (laughs) I've seen him. I've seen him in his tomb. All of communism was based upon Lenin. And for a bit, it appeared as though communism was going to rule the world. Let me tell you, folks, something. Any system that's based upon a dead man is doomed to self-destruction. You know, the communists were the first in in space. They built these uh, massive buildings. It was all about power and, and glory. But it wasn't about the people. The people were treated like animals or worse than animals. Also, back in 1991, I spoke in a large church in Moscow. I spoke in the old Moscow Baptist Church to a packed congregation. I got there just after Dr. Billy Graham had spoken to those people. It was an amazing, amazing thing because here was a church that had been persecuted by the communists, but the church was alive and well. And communism was tumbling down. I believe that nothing can come against the truth of God because of the empty tomb. You were interviewed on Good Evening Moscow. What did you tell the millions of viewers that tuned in to that program? Well, that was a bit of an amazing experience. We were running these evangelistic meetings in the Palace of Culture, just down the road from the Kremlin. And Good Evening Moscow came along with their television crew and interviewed me and asked me to come on their show in the evening. The young person who interviewed me, he was a complete professional. And he said to me, why is our system falling apart Why is communism being destroyed? And then he asked me this question, and and he was an atheist. He said, do you really believe in God? I told him, yes, I I do believe in God. He said, why do you believe in God? I I gave him the evidence. I gave him the evidence of the empty tomb. And after the interview was over and was shown from coast to coast, Moscow, right across to Vladivostok, up to St. Petersburg in the north. The whole of the television crew got around me and they started to pour out their questions. Tell us about God. We have been deceived. We've been told this tremendous lie that there is no God. Then they said said to me, you know, there's been a holocaust in this country. I said, I know. You are only just finding out that millions of people were put to death here by the atheists and by the communists. 
Then they said to me, can you teach us to pray? Can you believe this? At the very headquarters of the old communist system, because communism was coming down, but it was still a force. At the head of the USSR, in this great media center, it was my privilege to talk to those people about the empty tomb of Christ and to pray with them. They'd never prayed before. They'd never heard a prayer. I'm here to tell you, my friend, communism was destroyed because it was based upon a dead man, but Jesus is alive and I've got the evidence today. Do you believe that everyone will be resurrected? That good and bad people will live together again after they die? Well, really, it's not what I believe, is it? It's not my opinion. Dare I say, one of the greatest weaknesses in the Christian church today, in the great evangelical movement around the world, is the lack of scripture. There's a lot of religious hype, a lot of talk, but there's not a lot of substance. I'm, I'm here today not to give you my opinion, not to give you my viewpoint. I'm here today by the grace of God to show you what is written in the Holy Word of God. Now, let me read to you the text, John chapter 5 and verse 28 and 29. These are the words of the man who is still alive. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. Every person is going to hear the voice of the Son of God when Jesus comes again. So every person who is in the grave will hear his voice and come forth. Those who've done good to the resurrection of life and those who've done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Every person is going to be raised. You're going to be raised, my friend. You're going to be raised. I'm going to be raised and we're going to meet God. And the Bible tells us that some are going to be raised to the resurrection of righteousness, the resurrection of salvation, the resurrection of everlasting life. And the Bible says the rest are going to be raised to the resurrection of condemnation or damnation. This is the truth. The Bible tells me every person who has lived and believed a lie in the resurrection of condemnation, or damnation, are going to be people like Lenin and Stalin and Hitler and the religious leaders who put Christ to death and the Roman governor Pilate. There's no escaping our destiny. The Bible tells me every person is going to be resurrected. And I, I want to read a text to you on this very truth. Revelation chapter 20 and verses 11, 12, and 13. So I'm going to turn right here today to the last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation, the Apocalypse. Revelation 20, verses 11, 12, and 13. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fed away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. 
and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one, according to his works. The Bible tells me that every person is going to be resurrected. You and I may say, I don't want to believe this. This is not convenient to my lifestyle. My friend, that makes no difference. The word of God, the infallible word of God tells me that every person is going to be resurrected. After the 1992 evangelistic campaign in Russia, you presided over a funeral service in Nizhny Novgorod. What happened that day? It was the end of the year. It was freezing cold. Russia is cold in winter. The snow was thick on the ground and had a cold Arctic wind that was blowing. I was in my hotel room with some of my Russian pastor friends. There came a knocking on the door. We went to the door. There were two men, both in a state of consternation. One was a doctor and the other one was the husband of our choir leader who was di dying in the Nizhny Novgorod hospital. Her name was Anna. She'd just given birth to two little girls. And she was in hospital. And they didn't have the medicines. And they told us, did these two men, they told us that she's dying and they said, in the name of God, can you please come to the hospital? And so we got in the car and we traveled through the snowy streets. We got to the hospital. We donned the hospital gowns. It was so cold inside because communism had collapsed and the Russian economy had collapsed. We went inside and the nurses took us into the room where Anna was lying. I will never forget it. This beautiful girl who'd been our choir leader during 1992. This was January 1993. I can remember, I can still remember her lying there on the, on the bed. Her long black hair and the sheet up to here. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful girl. And she's dying. You know why she's dying? Because they'd run out of medicines in that hospital. Because of the enormous poverty. So we prayed over her. But that evening, as the sun went down, it was a Friday, I remember now. They brought us message that she had died. I was asked to perform the service because they looked upon me as their pastor. 
we went out to this desolate Russian cemetery. The wind was moaning through the trees. There were all these pictures of all the dead people. No crosses, because the vast majority of them were communists and atheists who died without any hope at all. They dug a hole in the earth that was frozen. Anna, our choir leader, was buried in a cardboard coffin on which they'd painted flowers. She was buried in a cardboard coffin because they couldn't afford a wooden coffin. I spoke... I spoke with the translator and I spoke about the resurrection. And I told them this truth, that Jesus is alive and we've got evidence that Jesus is alive. I don't believe in all this blind faith nonsense. No, I believe in a faith that is based upon truth. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Not lies and heresies. So I spoke about the empty tomb. She was buried with her little baby clutched to her breast. And then the church choir, the survivors of the Russian Holocaust. Did you know that the communists murdered around 50 million people? Why? Because as Dostoevsky said, if there is no God, then all things are permissible. So they murdered them by the millions, by the tens of the millions. And this church choir, which had survived the Holocaust, sang. And I stood there and I listened to them and I thought to myself, you can't kill this Christian faith because it is not based upon the lies that Lenin taught. It is based upon the truth that the angel spoke. He is not here. He is risen. And I told those people, Anna will live again. And so will her little baby. Because of the empty tomb. Is there actual evidence that Jesus rose from the dead? I don't believe in this blind faith stuff. There was a big religious convention not long ago in the United States of America of youth leaders from all different churches. And one prominent youth leader was asked the question, do you believe in the resurrection of Christ? And if you do believe in the resurrection of Christ, why do you believe in the resurrection of Christ? Why do you believe this doctrine? And he said, I believe in the resurrection of Christ because of my faith. And people cheered and shouted, Amen, what a wonderful testimony. Pardon me, I disagree a thousand percent. I don't believe in the resurrection of Christ because of my feelings or of my faith. Faith is simply belief. I believe in the resurrection of Christ 
because it actually happened and because it is based upon historical certainty. Now, please, I want you to notice the solid evidence, please. And I hope that my friends who are watching here today who don't believe in the resurrection of Christ will at least listen to this evidence because I'm not talking here today about blind faith. I'm talking here today about the evidence upon which you can build an intelligent faith. Number one, Christ was crucified and Christ was dead. There were many eyewitnesses. There was Matthew, the tax collector. There was Mark. There was Luke, the doctor. There was John, the disciple. They all wrote it down. These people were not confidence men. They were not frauds. They were simple-hearted people. And these are historical documents. There was Peter, the fisherman. Mary, the mother. Mary, the disciple. Their accounts were written down and preserved. These accounts would stand up in any court of law. I'm going to come over here to John chapter 19 and verse 31 to 35, dear hearts and gentle people. John 19, 31 to 35. Listen to the evidence. Therefore, because it was the preparation day, that's Friday, that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who were crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen has testified and his testimony is true and he knows that he is telling the truth so that you may believe. Now listen. It is Friday. The soldiers came. They broke the legs of the two criminals who were crucified with Christ. But when they came to break his legs, they didn't break his legs. Would you like to know why? Because he was dead. He was dead. Ask the Roman soldiers. Hey, Roman soldier, he's dead. Took a spear, stuck it in his side, and there came out blood and water. So he's crucified and he's dead. And then he was buried. I'm going to read to you the account. Would you please listen? Matthew 27, 57 to 66, the word of God. Now when evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate, he's the governor, and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock, and he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb. 
and departed. And Mary Magdalene was there and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. He's dead. He's buried. On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees gathered together to Pilate saying, Sir, we remember while he was still alive. How that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise. Therefore, command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people, he is risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a guard, go your way, Make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. So the first truth is this, he's dead. Not only is he dead, but he's had his side burst open. He's been wrapped up and he's put in a tomb and he's buried. Don't dispute this. Jesus is dead. He's cold and he's lifeless. That's the first piece of evidence. Number two, the records tell us the body was missing on the Sunday morning. Now the big question is, are you ready for this? The big question is this. What happened to the dead body of Christ? That is the question. Now here are the possibilities, and there are not many possibilities. Number one, the Jews came and they stole the body. Now if the Jews came and stole the body, the greatest argument against the Christian church and the doctrine of the resurrection is the body of Christ. Hey, Here's the body. <laughs> no, the Jews didn't steal the body. Others say, then the Romans stole the body. No, my friend, the Romans didn't steal the body. They had no reason to. And if they had, they would have produced the body when the disciples started preaching. There's another possibility people have talked about. The disciples came and they stole the body. Could you believe this? broken, dispirited men overthrowing the Roman soldiers? What is the truth? The truth is that there was no body in the tomb because the body had been resurrected and Christ is alive. Now there's much more. Please stay with me. Pastor John Carter has taken us around the world to broaden our knowledge of the Bible. From remote places, he has brought us new insights into the scriptures. Now he is bringing these teachings closer to home, your home. He is asking you, followers of the Carter Report, to share any questions you may have about scripture, religion, and the challenges you face in your everyday life. 
First, record your questions on your cell phone. Then send these by email to questiontocarter at gmail.com. Watch for your recorded question and hear the answer from Pastor Carter. Jesus is the answer, and we welcome your questions. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.